0: On behalf of Weinberg Information Services this is Bob Keebler and we're here to talk about estate planning after tax reform. So the first thing we want to start with is the basics that the exclusion is doubled in 2018 and that will continue in place with inflation adjustments up until December 31st 2025. We also retain the step up in basis so everything this is really for wealthier people this was very good bill now what do we do going forward first of all there you have to be careful about the prejudiced action there will be some clients where you're better not to do anything if you represent a 90 year old lady with bank stock with a basis of a dollar and fair market value of 50 dollars a share respectfully you're better to wait until she passes away and to get that step up in basis now in the meantime you may need to do something like a grat to make sure the value doesn't jump too much. We may need to do a grant to make sure the value doesn't jump too much in her estate. Idiot sales will continue to be popular for the ultra wealthy. We need to continue to work on valuation discount planning. I'm helping with a case where lady died, all her property went to her husband. Uh, they're in their, they were in their 90s and there's entities and they're thinking of electing portability and it's all community property And that's like exactly the wrong thing to do because you want to divide that property up so that when the gentleman dies later um, you have valuation adjustments on both sides of that coin on the gst planning um, we want to continue to use our generation skipping planning in the most aggressive way possible remember it's very likely that in 2026 we go back down to a inflation adjusted $5 million exemption. So for those people in the middle, you'll look at using four to eight year grants to shift growth while retaining the ability to force inclusion in the estate and receive that step up. We should also talk about portability. When you meet with someone to discuss portability, so you're meeting with the surviving spouse, look at portability through the eyes of the surviving spouse still alive on January 1st, 2026, when the exemption comes back down. We have to assume that the exemption will come back down, just like the law provides at this moment in time. We can't speculate on what might happen in Congress. Now, the springing slats, the one nice thing about these large gifts, if you have a couple, they're both in their late 50s, um, they're worth 20 or $30 million for them. One of them to drop property into a trust for the other is pretty easy there's no reason if if i had that type of wealth that i couldn't drop 5 million or 6 million dollars in a trust for my wife and it would still be there available for my wife and our children or grandchildren but it would if it grows from a dollar to 3 dollars by the time my wife dies it's not going to be included in her estate so that's a very powerful thing this these additional exemptions also increase the ease of ease of income shifting the, there's a program I teach called the Income Taxes the New Estate Tax, and I think that's very much true in that there is a massive paradigm shift. So something like what I heard, and this came from Jonathan Blockmacher, I believe was the gentleman that said this, is next year there will only be 1,800 taxable estate returns filed in the United States, 1,800. So a little quick math, I think that's 36 a state or less than one per county. So just take that into absorb that for a second and that means that really going forward will there have to be a state planning a state tax planning of course but will income tax planning become a bigger deal i think so and with this monopoly money steve oceans coined that phrase with with this monopoly money we have now it is a very big thing and that we can do more asset protection planning we can do more income shifting because we don't have to worry about the estate tax constraints or the gift tax constraints. Basically the estate tax exemption, we're gonna have eight years of this higher exemption and then we're gonna, the law says in 2026, we're gonna go back down to our $5 million inflation adjusted now, exemption. Now that will be a little bit over $6 million when it reverts. But, again, if somebody has you, if you're working on a portability project right now, you want to err on the side of filing for portability. It's going to cost you less than $10,000, probably less than five, to prepare a 706 and get it out the door. So in the world of shifting income, um, we've been working with simple and complex trusts for years. Remember, a simple trust has to pay out all its accounting income annually but cannot make principal distributions and cannot make distributions to charity. Complex trust has much more flexibility. If you trap income in a complex trust, it's gonna be taxable at the trust level. If you distribute it out though, then the income is taxable to the beneficiaries, not to the trust. Um, Let's jump up to portability. Um, Prior to portability, a trust was needed to preserve the first to die's exemption. Portability simplifies planning and can even allow for a second-basis adjustment. Uh, you can do that. So if, if my wife dies and I own everything, when I die, obviously there's a second-basis adjustment. Very important. I'm going to come back to this again. I know I talked about it a moment ago. You, we need to view portability through the eyes of the deceased spouse dying in 2026 when the exemption is back down to $5 million. So you, you always need to be very careful with that. The temporary increased estate tax exemption can be a trap for some families. A trust with a contingent general power appointment uh, can preserve the exemption and shelter growth. What I mean by that is there's no reason council cannot draft a trust that says, so it's a bypass trust. I die, my five million goes into a trust for my wife or 11 million, and then what transpires is upon my wife's death if she has extra exemption she can use that exemption the trust would say she has a general power appointment to the extent of her extra exemption and that you'd get a step up under 2041 in that now you can even decant a trust to add that type of gpoa that's going to be a big thing decanting to add that gpoa um selection of a fiscal year if you're working with estates, for people that died in 2017, be very cautious and um, analytical on what fiscal year you're gonna pick. Do not just blow by that. I mean, be, be extremely deliberate. Again, focusing on the selection of a fiscal year, um, the 645 election allows a qualified revocable trust to be taxed as part of the estate thereby avoiding that the trust have a 12-31 year end. Remember, the beginning of the reporting period determines the applicable law that applies. So um, many times, if somebody died in December or November of 2017, you probably wouldn't want to pick an October of 2018 year end if they had a business because you'd want 199 to, to begin to apply on January 1st. 2018 on the other hand with no business interest if you're going to be pushing all the money out anyway you might want to have you might want to go with an earlier year-end if you were going to be able to use some of those deductions so again model that one client at a time when you're thinking of the selection of a fiscal year look at rates deductions section 199 cap a the effective business tax rate any charitable issues and um, the date of death okay the date of death will become very important in the world of dynasty trusts for very wealthy people they would take advantage of the 11 million dollar lifetime exemption and the 11 million dollar GST exemption remember when all this sunsets you're going to sunset the GST exemption too the other thing that I should have mentioned earlier is when you're working with portability remember portability doesn't apply for GST. So if I die, my $11 million exemption will port to my wife, my, my gift tax and estate tax exemption, but my GST exemption does not port. So appreciation of um, assets will be, if you fund a dynasty trust and it grows from 11 million to 15 million by the time you die, all that appreciation is pushed out of your state. Also provides a level of asset protection from the beneficiary's creditors. No estate or gift tax will be paid at the death of the grantor's descendants. Uh, Future trustees can be given the discretion to make distributions as appropriate, given the circumstances that exist at the time the distributions are made. Now, keep in mind, a, a dynasty trust that you create is created for much more than just beating the transfer tax system, although it's very good to do that. It also provides you with creditor protection, divorce protection, estate tax protection, direct descendant protection, Spencer protection, and of course, the consolidation of capital. So remember, the moral of the story is that GST exemption does not port. If you fund a bypass trust at the first death, generally a dynasty trust. And the math is, even at a 5% growth rate, starting with a $5 million Investment you have twenty years from now, you have thirteen million dollars, and forty years from now you have thirty five million dollars. Now, when clients push back on wanting to do a dynasty trust, you want to ask them the question when and this will help them. every time I've done this, it will help them. Um, ask them when they were five years old, who was the oldest relative they could remember, okay? And they're going to remember, for example, when I was five years old, my great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, two greats, uh, who was born in 1865 was still alive. He lived 100. And so that puts us back at 1865. And certainly, um, hopefully by the time I die, our granddaughter who's now two and a half, will have children of her own. And that puts us out to what? 21, um, 2100 or beyond? I mean, you just, you can show how, The rule against perpetuities only gives you about 120 years of coverage. By going to a dynasty trust state, you can have that go 150 or 200 years. So even in in my little world, looking up and looking down, um, we're covering basically 235 years. Um, So it's very important um, to encourage clients to create these dynasty trusts. Basics, uh, basis, basics, uh, remember, carryover basis if you gift away property. If you die with the property, you get a step up in basis. So we have to watch out for that, basically that desire to do something. So if you're representing somebody age 60 who's in good health, by all means, don't worry about basis, just gift away the property. And the appreciation over time, you can run the math, should outweigh the basis. But if you're representing somebody who's 90 who might die during this eight year period of time, you might be better to wait for the basis step up. That's all we're saying. So basis is generally the fair market value on the date of the decedent's death. Or if you elect the alternative valuation date, then that date six months later. So we still receive a step up in basis. And you can also receive a step down in basis. Don't, don't lose track of that. What is the value of the step-up? Um, you can compute that. It's, if you're in California, the, bet, the value of the step-up is about 37% even on capital gains, where the estate tax rate is only 40. If you're in Florida, it's worth 23.8 cents at best. Now let's go through a very simple analysis. Let's say you had a client that wanted to give 10 million, she's in her 90s, and she has a $9 million built-in gain, so her basis is only 10%. If she sold that, that property, she would receive, she would have to pay tax of 2250000 The question becomes, how much appreciation do we need to get to move that property, to justify moving that property out of her estate today? Now, if you looked at this from a simple break-even point, just dividing the amount of tax, income tax she would owe, by the estate tax rate, She would have to, that property would have to grow by 56% up to $15,625,000. That's a simple break even, but that's wrong. That analysis is absolutely wrong. The analysis that's right is what you do is you figure out your built-in gain, you multiply that by your tax rate, and then you divide that by your estate tax rate minus your income tax rate. Let's go through that again. Figure out your big, your built-in gain, that's step one. Then take your 40% estate tax rate minus your income tax rate, the value of a step-up in basis even even on the growth after gift if you had held it. And you divide that. Now, when you do that on a, 90 per, on a 90%, a ratio of gain to basis of 90%, nine times, what you're going to find is you have to, that property would have to grow from $10 million. You'd have to have that property grow from $10 million up to $25 million before it made sense to gift it out of the estate. So watch that prejudice to action for clients that are older. You might be better to just wait for that step-up basis. Now, if you're really afraid of growth, what you would do is you would drop that into a, grat, a four-year grant and you would hedge it The grant can hedge the risk the client dies early by protecting the basis step up because the grant's going to be included in her estate. But on the other hand, what we're up against is if if she did outlive the grant period, then the appreciation would be shifted downstream to children or grandchildren. So you can use a grant to hedge all this. Let's say uh, the client had a business worth a million dollars just for easy numbers, basis is 200000 you could basically, if you gave that away, um, if you've already used your exemption, you'd have to pay gift tax, or we can just use a grant. And the beauty of the grant is no tax up front, we shift the appreciation. Okay. So grants, I think, will actually, in a strange sort of way, become more popular under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And when you look at this, uh, when you run out the math on this, it's very obvious that the grant strategy works, very supportable. We have covered a lot of ground today. And what hopefully we've been able to do is talk about the estate planning under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, give you some perspective. Um, Remember, view portability through the eyes of the exemption going back down. Remember, no no, G, no portability in GST. They don't work together. So my GST exemption does not port. And remember, there's going to be a, um, we're all going to have a prejudice to action of making gifts for older clients. For some clients, they should just hold the property until their death, where they'll receive a step up in basis. On behalf of Leinberg Information Services, this has been Bob Keebler. Thank you for joining us today.